L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast brought to you by PSENG, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. John Schmelk, Paul Dettino, and Jim Miller for moving the chains on Sirius XM NFL Radio every weekday from 3 to 7. Him and Pat Kerwin talk everything NFL, and he's going to talk some Giants with us right now. Jim. What's going on, man? How I'm are you? I'm doing great, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Let's talk G-Man. And we should also say former Giants quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was there well. for a cup of coffee. I blew out my hip, so... Tom Coughlin, uh, you can't make the club in the tub. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I remember it very well. Yeah. Tom did not have much patience for injuries. I said, Tom, I can't help you now, but if you give me six weeks, I might be able to help you then. No, Jim, I signed you to help Eli now. So <laughs> I blew out my hip and it uh, basically ended my career. <laughs> that was a quick spring right there. Yeah. It was yeah. a quick spring. All right, well, and we're here to talk about some quarterbacks. So let's yeah. start with Daniel Jones, Jim. I know you obviously yeah. you watch tape on these guys. You watch a lot yeah. of Giants this year. Your take on the progress he made this year, where he's at, what the next step could be. And if you want to talk about yeah. the contract situation, you can. But I'm just really interested on your take on what he's done on the yeah, field. Yeah, I think certainly he's coming off his best year. You know, he cut, uh, cut down his turnovers. It's his most productive year. I thought Brian Dable, and I've spent time with Brian before, in New England did a great job utilizing him. You know, certainly it's the first year of a new head coach and he wants to uh, to build a culture and lay a foundation, all the cliches that we talk about. And I thought Daniel Jones responded. You know, uh, his athleticism, I think uh, people don't realize how good of an athlete he is at uh, moving the, the football with his legs. We know there was an issue at wide receiver there, so he probably didn't have the most around him. Uh, but I think for him to... For him to execute the offense and the style of offense the Giants needed to win, he was effective in doing that. And obviously, you know, what a great win against Minnesota. I mean, that that truly was a nice uh, finish to the season, I thought, for Daniel Jones. You know, when Mike Kafka was named the offensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of debate amongst people in New York as to who's going to call the plays. Dable was named head coach. He called Mm -hmm. the plays in Buffalo. He should be the guy. I was always in the camp that the head coach should not call the plays. He should have coordinators do it. Now, that's a personal preference. Were you surprised? And as you watched the Giants this year, did you see some of the Kafka, Kansas City influence in what was going on? Yeah, I did. I think they, you know, they're, you know, utilize the offense to, for his skill sets, because he is a better athlete. The the bootlegs, like I watched him against the Bears. I mean, they killed the Bears with the bootleg. Bears couldn't stop it, you know, when they played the Bears. And, uh, you know, so I thought the offense was geared towards him. And I think Brian Dable recognizes 
being with a guy being with a guy like Bill Belichick in places that he's been, it does command a lot of your time. You know, it's not just you know you don't have the time dedicated to do the heavy lifting to you know coordinating and putting in game plans and all that. Even my time in New England. Bill Belichick ran the quarterback meeting rooms, but still the, his secretary was coming in every five minutes, opening up the door. Hey, coach, <laughs> it's an away game. What are we serving on the plane? Hey, man, ham and cheese. Then we're back to watching. Yeah, right. All right, coach, this guy's available. Do you want to sign him? Uh, yes, yeah, sign him. We're back to the tape. And so you're responsible for a lot of things that cross your desk. And it's, you know, and when you're doing everything in terms of game plans and installing and, and coaching, that takes a lot of your time and it takes away from other areas of your team. And I think Brian and his experiences recognize that. And mm -hmm. so he wanted to coach the, the whole team, do it right for the Giants because they've, they've struggled for quite some time now. And I think he wants to do it the right way. Yeah, and how do you then think the best way is to build out this roster around Daniel to help him. Yeah. Does it have to be a wide receiver first? Maybe it's a really good receiving tight end, or do you think it's the offensive line? What do you think mm -hmm. the, the priority order should be here so Daniel can take that next step from being that efficient guy who did a lot yeah. with his legs, but not that high level of the production to kind of add that high level production to his cachet? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it may not be a sexy pick where the, the Giants are picking, you know, I think 25, 25 in the first yep. round. Could be a center, you know, because the Giants need a center. You know, I think they've now done a nice job. Uh, you know, Andrews worked out at the left tackle. You got big Evan Neal on the right. Uh, center is, is a position. Certainly there's some free agents out there, but there's two guys, in my opinion, that'll probably go the first round. Is that John Michael Schmitz from uh, the Minnesota Gophers? Mm -hmm. And Cody Mock, keep your eye on him, the kid yep. from North Dakota State. Yeah, he, he played play center in Mobile. Yep, yep. He, played all, he can play all five positions, and I think a lot of people do think that he will go in the first round. And I'm big on the trenches. I think it's important you look at the teams that were in the Super Bowl this year. They're both very good uh, in the trenches. And, uh, you know, from Creed Humphrey and, the, and how the offensive line was structured for Kansas City, and I would say the same thing about Philadelphia. I think it starts there because you can always get good skilled position players like receiver later in the draft. We've seen fifth rounders, you know, become starters as rookies and are, are productive, you yeah. know. And uh, so I think those guys will always be there where the Giants can still fulfill all those needs. Yeah, always old school with it, beginning in the trenches, Jim. Yeah. I feel the same way. Now, yeah. on the defensive line, though, behind Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, the depth kind of gets yeah. a little sketchy. Yeah. How imperative is it that they address that, knowing that they also have a start needs at inside linebacker yeah. and probably could use somebody else in the secondary too. Yeah. Well, I think well, certainly they're going to want to re-sign their own. I would think Julian Love at safety is one guy they probably will want to re-sign, but I'm with you. To get another third rotation in there to help out Lawrence, to help out Williams, you need another guy in there uh, that can be stout. I love the pass rushers of the Giants. They're young there with Ojolari and, and obviously with Kayvon Thibodeau and what he's going to be able to do. It's Those guys I think are really good fits, but I agree with you at linebacker. I think you want some good stud young linebackers that can run, fly to the football, and there's guys that are available uh, in this draft. You know, here I interviewed the, uh, the kid today, that Ivan Pace from uh, Cincinnati. I, I have not him watched down. him yet, but I, I've heard it's excellent. That down in Mobile, man, there is not one running back that could block him. I mean, mm. that guy has got, and he's not the biggest guy now. You know, here's he's only about a little over 5'10", but I'll tell you what, man, when that likes come on and it's time to play, that guy is like the Tasmanian devil out there with how he plays. And so there's some good linebackers in this draft.
Cool. How do you view linebackers now, though, Jim? Are you happy with that? I mean, I've talked to three of the guys. I talked to Diane Henley today. Yeah, yeah. I play two thirty-one. Yeah. You know, and you know they they look like safeties when you yeah. see them physically. Yeah. So. Do you worry about the guy now that can play all three downs? Do you specialize the position? Okay, well, on running yeah. downs, I want this guy. Then yeah. on passing downs, I want a guy that can rush. Or maybe I play a safety at linebacker. Right. How much of a specialized position is that? And I guess then to the point, if you can find a guy that can actually play all three yeah. downs, how does that elevate your defense? Yeah, I think uh, that's a key. You know, to hear, like today I interviewed the, the young man from Iowa, Jack Campbell. Go look at him. He's got like Erlacher. Mm-hmm. He looks like he can be a yes. three yeah. right? Yes. He's six foot five, just like Erlacher. Comes in at about 248, 246. He said he's played as high as 255. Oh, wow. And he's a big guy. I mean, and I just remember that that when I played with Erlacher, you know, we tried Brian at, at strong side linebacker, and he couldn't, he couldn't figure out tight end release techniques. And so... They threw him at uh, Barry Minner got hurt, and they threw Erlacher at Mike, and a star was born. His first game, he had 14 tackles, and here he's now a, a Hall of Famer. But he was mm-hmm. a safety in college. Right. They wanted him to be strong side, and then he ends up as a middle backer. I think that that Jack Campbell, he can be both a Sam and a Mike, and I think probably his natural would be a Mike because he can cover, he can stuff the run on first and second downs, and that's a big linebacker who can run, who can play all three downs. Let me stick with defense, but ask it from a different perspective. You played quarterback in this league for a number of years, Jim. Yeah. When you look at a Wink Martindale defense, we've talked yeah. about some of the soft spots maybe, but yet it was an effective enough defense in the red zone and helped the Giants make the playoffs. Yeah. What is it about Wink's defense, besides his blitz-happy tendencies, yeah. that makes it a difficult deal for a quarterback? Yeah, I think, well, you always got to be on your toes because, like you said, you got to be ready for the blitz. And he can bring all types of exotic blitzes. Certainly, he's known for the all-out blitz, which he runs. That's kind of his got-to-have-it-down type of play that he's he's going to go to what has worked best uh, for him. But you got to diagnose it. It can put a lot of pressure on young quarterbacks that maybe don't know their protections, where you can free up a guy and, and get some turnover-friendly plays like strip sack fumble when the guy comes free and the, the, the protection isn't as solid as what it should be, and they create a lot of turnovers. That's been the history of, of Don Martindale, and he's had a ton of success. As a quarterback, Jim, how much more valuable has that receiving tight end become in NFL yeah. offenses today? Is it almost as valuable, if not more valuable, to have a tight end again. I don't want to compare people to Travis Kelsey, but to have that right. type of weapon in the receiving game at tight end compared to focusing on, say, wide receiver in terms of just how this NFL game has evolved. Yeah, a little bit. I, I think, you know, and Dable's one who's experienced it. Obviously, you know, when they were in New England with Gronkowski and, and they had uh, uh, the young man who had the unfortunate, yeah, Hernandez. Hernandez had mm-hmm. the right. unfortunate incident off the field, they had a good 12 personnel package where one guy's a mismatch because he's so big and he can run and he can block. And then Hernandez was kind of the mobile guy that could could do everything. And I think that's you know a good start to structure an offense. Plus, what two tight ends do, it basically shows you the strength defensively. They're going to roll down one safety to the strength of where your tight ends are or which they view as the strength and it cleans up a lot of your reads so it gives you a lot of clues as a quarterback where to go uh, with the football. Brian Dable has experienced that and that's another area that is really deep in this draft from Luke Musgrave who's that guy to me probably will be the first tight end taken uh, with how he ran uh, down there in Mobile. He 
clocked over 20 miles per hour. That's yeah. that's mm. rare to have tight ends, but you got other guys, the kid from Latou from Alabama, but this is a very deep tight end class, and I agree with you. Teams are always trying to find those mismatches against linebackers, against safeties. A lot of teams will bring in nickel guys now to, to cover a tight end, and it's a struggle, especially with the guys in the college game today because they can flat out run and spread offenses. Big picture qu final question for me, Jim. You were a player in this league, and now they're talking about uh, Demora Smith from the NFLPA uh, saying, eh, maybe we shouldn't do the combine anymore. Maybe these underwear Olympics just aren't worth what they're supposed to be. People can watch the film. They can watch the games. What is your take on the future of how this entire personnel selection process is going to turn out? Well, I just know for me, when I experienced the combine in 94, I viewed it as a great opportunity. You know, it, it is a, a job interview. And football, your body is your resume. You know, there's only certain things that teams can do when they're going to invest millions of dollars into into players, you know, that they want to play for their team and represent their organization. And it's like any other job interview, right? You want people to be accountable, reliable, productive when you have them come to uh, to work with you. And that's all this is. Demore Smith had to interview to be the executive director of the NFLPA. Mm -hmm. He went through a job interview. Right. That's all this is. So, you know, I'm... I'm not a big fan of those comments of him because uh, I think for a lot of players, especially myself, it really prepared me to how to be a professional, how to conduct mm -hmm. myself in the interviews, how to represent myself where, where my potential future employer wanted me to, to be on, the, on their team. And I thought it was a great benefit to me and I, I love to compete. And I think when you come here to the combine, you have that ability to go out there and compete and all the teams are trying to do is get the measurements that they know are good indicators over history uh, that they're going to make the selections that they're going to make. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Jim, this is awesome, man. Thank you yeah. so much for the time. Appreciate yeah. you, Jim. Thank Jim you. Miller, Thank moving you. the yep. chains. CXM NFL Radio every weekday, 3 mm. to 7. Make sure you go check it out. And some bonus weekend episodes, too, by the way. <laughs> Don't forget about those. We'll see you next time on the Giants Little Podcast. See you later. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash with the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.